0: Well, praise God, church. Get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would, go to. Go to Proverbs 18. 18, 1821. Now. I got to I'm going to preach this message this morning. It's called Blow Out the Soot. Um, When I was when I was a kid. 16, 17, something like that. uh, I had a. One ton Chevy dual wheel pickup, the four hundred fifty four in it and polycarburetor on it. You know, and those days you flip the air cover over, you know, so you could get a suck a little more air and it sounded really cool. And we had been baling hay for a couple of months and I was tired and disgusted and one day I got in the truck and I was headed to the house and thing was missing, wouldn't run right, you know, and so always heard my dad say you know sometimes you just got to blow the soot out of them and so I decided I was going to blow the soot out I was right outside of Sabinow, and so I began to get on it and it spittered and sputtered and you know backfired and just kind of chunked along there and it kept getting a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better and I just kept pouring the coal to it and finally man I got her up and she was planing out and so then I just let her go on you know and I was just ripping down the road feeling good because I had got all the soot blowed out of that thing and lo and behold DPS officer was sitting there. <laughs> So I just want you to know from experience, if you try to tell a DPS officer that you're just simply trying to blow the soot out of your truck, it doesn't work. (laughs) But I was thinking about that, and and I kind of got this message here, kind of playing off the message about Resurrection Sunday, you know, Uh, Easter Sunday was last week, and you got to know that just because Jesus arose on Sunday morning, and we uh, all came together for Easter services and resurrection services and all, that Jesus didn't leave planet Earth for 40 days. If you go read through the book of Acts, you look at it, you read it down. He visited with the disciples. He talked to them. He gave them instructions. It was 40 days after the resurrection that he was still walking on this earth. So I was thinking about that and about, about man, can you imagine those conversations? Because, you know, the very first meeting that Jesus has with the disciples, he shows up in the room and everybody freaks out everybody screams, which who wouldn't? Us bunch of rednecks, you can imagine if you're sitting at your kitchen table drinking your coffee and somebody then appears standing right there before you, you know, you're going to go for a gun. You're going to immediately think somebody's broken into your house. You're going to freak out, well, that's what they did. But then you got to imagine at the end of the 40 days, by now they're used to Jesus popping in, popping out, walking through walls, doing whatever Jesus did, right? And so now they've kind of gotten accustomed to it. They're kind of used to it that Jesus has been risen from the dead. And what I want to take off this morning on is I want, to, I want to take off on that resurrection power. And Jesus has explained to you all, we all know what the resurrection is, but what happens after that? What was Jesus intending to do with his disciples? What was he talking to them about? What was he trying to impart into them and get them going? Because, folks, that's what we're supposed to be walking in is resurrection power. Amen? So, in Proverbs 18, 21, it's a proverb you probably have heard before. But it says, death and life is in the power of your tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What The, the phrase that hit me was being a breath of life. Do you want to be a breath of life to people? Do you want to be a life-breathing Christian? Do you want to be a Christian whose life is so affected by the resurrection of Jesus, that there's power within your life that when you get around people, they want to be like you. Every time I drive down the road, you know, and like you go to Fredericksburg and all up in there, you know, there's wineries all over the place. But to me, and this is just me, I'm just a little goofy. Every time I see the sign winery, I don't think about wine. I think about whining. Are you with me? And, like the winery is a place. The church can't be a winery. Right? We need to be the fruit of the Spirit that's giving life to everything. We don't want to be a place where it becomes, <laughs> we don't want to be a whiners. And I, I mean, it's just in me. Whenever I see it, I see winery, I just think of a group of people that are just in there whining. All right? So, we don't want to be that. We want to be life-breathing Christians. We're, we're called, listen to me, folks. If Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, if you have been been truly born again, and he's in you, the Bible says that's the same resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Then how can we be whiners? The only way we could be is that we have gotten deceived and we're trying to live our life by sense knowledge versus revelation knowledge. Jesus didn't say we we're everything when you got saved was going to be perfect. He said when you got saved, you're going to have tribulation. But be a good cheer. Hello? See, that's the key. We, we become whiners when we can't understand how to operate in the power of God and we're just walking in this world wanting God to deliver us, but we don't understand how to be delivered. Right? And so what happens in life? And what we've got to do is we've got to grow to the place that we understand the resurrection power of God and that what Jesus, when he saved us, what he delivered us from and who we are and what God's called us to do. And one of the things he's called us to do is to use our mouth to be a breath of life to everybody that's around us, to be a blessing. Amen. Look at the person beside you and say, I think he's talking about you. Now, go into the very front of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, and let's look at something. Verse 7. Genesis 2, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So, God Almighty sat down, kneeled down by the river. He got him some dirt. He made A clay man, and it would have just been a mud ball, right? It would have just been a nothing. It would have just been a doll. But then he, God, the giver of life, breathed into his nostrils, and when he did, that piece of clay became a human being. Why? Because God is is life. He is not just gives life. God is life. I told y'all about, about, well, actually, I didn't tell you. I think it was Ivan or somebody. And I referenced it about the universe is ever expanding. It's never quit. And they said when God said light be, light just kept being and it's still just being and it's just still growing and it's still the universe is still expanding because God didn't say light stop. Because that's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God who's not just like maybe can make it hello we serve a god we don't even understand it we can't even fathom it how much god is a life giver all the plants everything we see all i mean have y'all noticed that after it rained here last week it looked like the grass grew 6 inches in a day right everything right now if you're ever going to take pictures of your property to sell it today is when you want to do it right I mean, it is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. All of things green. Everything's lush. Everything is plump. Don't take it in August. The picture, right? Because we all know around here things have changed pretty quick. But man, it looking good today. So just think about that. It's just life. It just happens. You don't have to go out there and tell your grass to grow. It just grows when all the elements and all of everything happens right. Have you ever noticed, all you, you, you ladies with green thumbs, have you noticed that if you put even well water on your plants, they don't do as well as if you do rainwater. What's up with that? And you say, well, you know, the nitrogen fill and the harder. But it's just kind of amazing to me. Water seems like it's water, but it does make a difference. God has this way to just cause a thunderstorm to come in in the midst of bleakness has a thunderstorm to come in it lightens it rains water hits the ground and all of a sudden life just comes up everywhere you say there's nothing there and life just comes up so many of us around here you know when you go in there and you got cedar all over your property you go in there and you clear all the cedar out and it looks terrible and the ground's just barren because the cedar is has has just neutralized everything but if you stir it up and tear it all up then all of a sudden where well, there was never a blade of grass there was a seed laying down there get some water on it, and a little bit it starts springing up, give it a year or so, all of a sudden everything's grown up, and then you're talking about, man, i got to mow or buy a sheep or something. Right? Life just appears. Well, life should just be appearing in us. If the resurrection power of God is in us, life should be appearing in us. And the only reason why life would not be appearing into us is because we're planting more cedars then we're letting the reign of God fall on our life, and we're doing that out of our mouth, because death and life's in the power of your tongue. Don't you just love it when I preach like this? John ten ten, John ten ten says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what the devil's job is—to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and life more abundantly. Not just, not just a life enough to just get by, but abundant life. Everybody say abundant life. That's a bunch. That's more than you can use. Abundant life is more than you can use. He wants you to have so much abundant life in you, That you got so much left over that you're like a Coke that got shook up. You're just spraying out and spewing out everywhere. And everybody around you is getting some life off of you. I was talking to uh, Sister Annie uh, the other day, uh, this week. And she was telling me about a, a person in her church who had cancer. And that they were getting so frustrated with this person because every time they went to her house to pray for her, she wouldn't let them pray for her because she was so busy praying for all of them. And that they kept trying to pray for her and they, she just kept, you know, saying, let me bless y'all and pray for them and giving them stuff and doing all this. You just could never, because she just was full of life. That's how we should be in life. In our everyday life and every day of our, 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 our walk, we should be people that are such blessings that if people want to be around us. Listen, you want friends? Be a blessing. Because the, the one in us, First John 4, 4, greater is He in us and it's in this world. The one that's in us is the abundant life. Come on. Go to Romans 8, chapter 2. But what happens in life is we get caught up with all of the junk going on in life. We get weighed down with life. We get weighed down with problems. We get weighed down with circumstances. We get weighed down with situations. It happens to all of us. No one is immune from it. It can happen all the time. You can get off. Your mind gets off worried about your loved ones, worried about your children, worried about your your finances, worried about this, worried about that. How's this going to work out? How's that going to work out? You may be a person who likes all your ducks in a row and they won't line up. You feel like your life is like herding cats. Okay? And you're frustrated and you're, you're tired and you're weary. But the thing is, you've got to understand is, is what God wants you to do is get focused on Him so that He can have abundant life flowing out of you into every situation around you. That you become, with your mouth, the rain clouds for your life. Did you catch that? You become, out of your own mouth, the rain clouds for your life. You become, in your own life, the the cedar cutter, the cedar eater the one in your life who's tearing down every the stuff in your life because your own mouth is coming out and you're such a blessing that all the soil around you can't do anything but produce. You become a life-breathing Christian. Everywhere you are, it's just, whoo, just blessing. You become that person that people want to be around because when you're around you, they feel so good. Now, I'll admit it. Sometimes I don't feel like a life want to be. I don't even feel like wanting to be a life breathing Christian, more like a fire breathing dragon. But when I get like that, I realize something: the enemy that's trying to kill, still destroying my life, has got me weary, has got me distracted, has got me off focus, has got me off of being who a Christian should be, who a Christ like person should be. I've gotten off for whatever reason it be. And I'm not walking like I should. And then I wake up and I say, wait a minute. No, no, that's not what's going to happen. That's not what's going to take place. That's not what's going to be in my life. I'm not going to be like that. Okay. Romans chapter eight, verse two says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law, the spirit of life. When Jesus was resurrected. The spirit of life came into his dead body and brought it back to life forevermore. He defeated death, hell, and the grave, and made a way for you and I to live an eternal life. Hello? I've told you this, and I want you to understand this, folks. You're never gonna die. Not anybody in here, not anybody listening to the broadcast today. I'm telling you, you're not ever gonna die. You may end up, you may. Uh, not be here on earth but you're going to live everywhere you're going to live forever even in heaven or hell it's your choice i want to be with the one who defeated death hell on the grave i want to make my choice now that jesus is my lord and savior and i know where i'm going you never get rid of me if you don't like me oh man and you're going to be in heaven with me you better be praying he puts you on the other side or something because i'm going to be there forever Never get rid of me. I'm always going to be around. But you make that choice, because the Bible says in Romans 10:9, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you make that confession with your mouth and your belief in your heart says, right then, life comes on the inside of you. And see what's happened to the church. I'm talking about not this church, I'm talking about church, the church world is they've turned it into a form and a religion and a doctrine. And you just come do it, and it's all in your head. But it doesn't happen in your head. It happens in your heart. You can't think, saved. You either are or you aren't. And you know it down here. If you have to in life say, well, I'm better than him, then I can tell you right there, I question your salvation. Because if you're having to think that you're better than somebody else, and therefore you're going to get in, You've missed the boat. It's down here on the inside of you. You know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Hello? You know that you know it's down here in your spirit that you know that resurrection power has hit you. Now, you may not know how to work it all out. You may not understand all the principles of God right now. You may not understand everything that you need to know about how to make things work. It's like I told you all last week about my chainsaw. I got this chainsaw, and I'm telling you, some of you may have a chainsaw just like it, but this chainsaw, there's a certain procedure to start it. You put it on choke, and you pull, and you pull it about five, six times, and the moment it even attempts to start, it just makes a little even. You better take it off choke, and you better just put it on run, and pull it after that about three times, and it'll run. But if you pull it one more time, one more time, just one more, that baby will flood, and I guarantee you might as well just throw it in the back of the truck and forget it, it'll never start. You can crank that thing a thousand times and it will not start. Matter of fact, when I bought it, the guy that I bought it from at the store told me this. He said, look, don't care what the manual says. Put it on the choke, pull it, as soon as it starts, take it off. Well, if you don't know that procedure, because when you're doing it, you think, oh, it almost started, one more pull. But it's like a deception, because you pull it one more time, it ain't going to start. Well, some of us in life are like that. We can't figure out why life's not working for us, why life is not working right, or we're not getting things going like it should, but we've got the wrong procedure. We're pulling it one more time, and it's flooding, and we don't understand what's going on, and then we pull it a few more times thinking that was going to get it, and then we put it down around, and then we become frustrated, and then finally we just kick it, and we curse it, and we say that thing's worthless. It's a no-good chainsaw. But the truth of the matter is that chainsaw, baby, if I do it just like it's supposed to, it'll start up and then it'll run and it'll keep running. And then I shut it off and I don't know how to put it back on choke. Start it back up, it'll run. I, I saw with it all day long. But the starting procedure, if I don't get it right, you hate it. You hate that thing. I don't hate many things, but there are some mechanical things. I hate them. And I hate a chainsaw. All right. Well, life is just like that. If we don't understand that the power of death and life's coming out of our mouth, you may be cursing what God's trying to get growing, and you're digging up more good things than you can get planted, and you wonder why God's not moving, and the reason why he's not moving is because you won't shut up. You won't keep your mouth quiet. It's you doing it. And then we turn around, and we blame it on God. And we think God just didn't do something. And then the devil's got you right where he wants you. And all he's got to do is twist your tail some more. Twist your tail some more. Twist your tail some more. And then before long, you were tearing up everything that God's trying to do in your life. And he's just got you running around, drinking your own poison, killing everything around you. And the whole time, he's got you convinced God's not helping you and God's not blessing you. Romans 8.2 says that we've got the spirit of life on the inside of us. Folks, it's either true or it's not. And if that verse isn't true, then none of them are true. Look at Romans 8.10. Romans 8.10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Folks, listen to me. Christianity, being saved is not something that happens in your head. It's something that happens in your heart. And the only thing that can stop it from working and bringing life into you is doubt and unbelief in your own self. But the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The Holy Spirit, the, whole, the Spirit of life that raised Jesus from the dead, He dwells in you. Folks, there's more in you than He thinks in you. 1 John 4, 4, greater is in you than He in this world. Yeah! But we say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like there's anything. Folks, you got to get out of the flesh. you got to get out of the flesh and and, and, and responding in life to how you feel and your emotions. They will always lead you astray. As I get older, it's harder. Because when I was young, I didn't have any pain. And now, I tell my wife, we've got to quit. We've got to stop this. We sit around in the morning discussing why we hurt. And I think, what did I do that I could have hurt something? And we spend our time talking about this. And forget it. I'm tired of talking about why I hurt. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to shut up and say, I do. And bless God, go on. Part of life. i want to just overcome it. Are you with me? And I understand. I understand in the midst of trials, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of situations, in the midst of problems, sometimes your, all of your emotion, all of yourself begins to cry out and say, you just want to give up, you just want to quit, you don't want to move forward. But that's when you need to dig down deep. That's when you got to get your mouth saying the right things. I am blessed. That's when you got to get around people and determine that you're going to be a sower of blessings. Listen to me, all of you say, well, you may say, I don't have any money, I, don't, I can't really give, I can't really be." Man, you can be a blessing. You can be a blessing every day. All of us run across people, all of us run across people every day that you could be a blessing to. Didn't mean you had to give me things. Say something nice. Just say something nice. Just speak and be a blessing. You say, well, nobody ever did that for me. Okay, all the more to do it for somebody else. We ought to determine. I want you to determine today that you want to be a life-breathing Christian that the resurrection power on the inside of you is going to be something that's going to come out of you to other people around you. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. The Apostle Paul, you know, he was a very educated man. He was, uh, he was a Pharisee. And he says this, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted a loss for Christ. For indeed, I also count all things a loss for the excellency of, And the fellowship of his sufferings. The Apostle Paul says we can know the power of his resurrection. I, I've thought about Paul. Because, you know, in life, we deem success as how important a person becomes, how much money they have, how big their house is, how many, you know, how much money they they have accumulated, or whatever. That's how we what we deem somebody successful in, in the world I'm talking. Uh In the church world, you'd say, oh, well, if he's got a mega church, he's a successful pastor, you know, and the average-sized church in America is 90. That's the average-sized church. And so anything above that, you know, you'd be a little above average or whatever. That's what the world says. But the apostle Paul, look at his life and go read and look about this man. He went basically from jail cell to jail cell, from beating to beating. The Jewish people never did listen to him. He preached to them, and nobody ever listened to him. He had a few big encounters, big revival-type situations, and only 50% of the people responded. Then he spent two years in a house in Rome under house arrest, and a few people came to him on a continual basis. A few people came to him on a continual basis. But yet, while he was in jail, he tried to be a blessing. By writing letters to the churches. Writing encouraging letters to the churches. The church at Galatia, the church at Ephesus, the church at Corinth. He wrote them letters. Just wrote them a letter. Hear this now. He wrote them a letter to encourage them. In it, he put all the things that we read, doctrinal things we read. And he just wrote a letter. And then they crucified him. He never knew he was going to write two-thirds of the New Testament that all Christians have been reading for the past 2,000 years. He didn't know that his letters were going to become doctrine of the church. He has got to have been in heaven laughing, saying, Lord, I never saw thought you were going to pull that off. Turns out to be the great Apostle Paul, when before he was just a guy in prison. Now, folks, how hard do you think it'd be living in prison life when you're preaching about the one who was set free? But in it, he wrote these letters. In his day, yes, there was the church world that held him in high esteem, but as far as the world goes, he was nothing. He was unknown. He could have sat in the cell and felt sorry for himself and said, God, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Or how come this happened? Or why is that? I I could have stayed over at the Island Malta when they all really loved me over there when the snake bit me and old Publius got healed and all that. We had revival going on over there. I could have stayed over there on Island of Malta and it would have been great and successful. Why did I have to come over to jail? What's going on? Sitting there thinking, I'll just write some letters. And then he took the life that Paul was sharing with the church because Paul was determined to be a life-breathing Christian. And he took those letters and just wrote them and was trying to breathe life into a few people. But God took it and put his spin on it and brought about the New Testament, which we read, the epistles. Think about that. Because he chose to be a life. What about you? How do you know that if you choose to be a life-breathing Christian, how do you know really what the effect will be? Like I said, as I get older, I find things, you know, happening to me. And here the other day, uh, a, a young man who was used to be around the church here and was just a kid. And then the family moved off. Um, and and he he came and he showed up and I was like, I recognize you. And he began to say how how blessed he was as a child being here at church. And I thought, wow, didn't even think about that. I mean, that's 20 years have gone by and I haven't seen this kid, and all of a sudden he's back, but he was blessed as a little child here. We've got Children's Church going on over there. How many of those kids are getting some life breathed in them that's going to affect them for eternity? You see, church, you've got to start thinking differently. If you're alive and you've got breath in your lungs, you can change people's lives. You may be the person that can write a letter that gets becomes an epistle. You may just be that person that writes a letter to somebody that they read it and then it affects generations after that. What about you bless your grandchildren not even knowing what could happen in their lives, but then they end up becoming a blessing because of what you said that then affects people on down the road for the next 500 years. I have a letter from my great 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 grandfather, who was a Texas Ranger, and uh, I have a letter from him that I read. I like to look, he, man, he was a sharp cat. He was a real educated man. I look at his sentence structure, look at all the things. He says some things in there that still inspire me today. And that's five generations ago. How about you? You want to be a life breathing Christian? Or you just want to be a winer. Let's don't open up wineries. One more, couple more scriptures here. John seven thirty seven. John seven thirty seven. Jesus says, "On the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, if anyone thirst, do you realize that that is not a demand? That's an open invitation. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink.'" And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Is that what we want to be? Rivers of living water? Blessings to everybody around us? You have the power on the inside of it. It's already in you, if you're born again, to be a river of living water. It's already in you. It's your choice what you do with it. Life or death coming out of your tongue. Life or death coming out of your tongue. Now here's my last scripture. 2 Timothy 1, six. 2 Timothy 1.6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You got to blow the soot out, folks. Don't let it build up. Don't let the things of life build up and clog your carburetors. Don't let it happen. Don't let it come upon you. If you feel it coming upon you, shake it off. you got to blow out the soot. You say, how am I going to do that? The moment you start feeling like you're oppressed, find somebody to bless. Because the principle of the kingdom of God is give and it shall be given to you. So if you're giving blessing out, if you're being a blessing and you're saying hello to everybody, you're you're blessing people, you're calling somebody up to encourage, I just want to call you, I saw you in church the other day, that's the best looking dress I've ever seen on. you looking so good. You know, don't get into lying, but I guess you could say, by the Spirit, you were looking so good. (laughs) Get you into sin here. The pastor told me, go home and be a liar. No, I'm just saying, be a blessing, right? Call somebody up and say, you know, I was just thinking about you this morning. He said, well, I wasn't thinking about anybody this morning. Well, then ask God to give you somebody to think about. And the first person pops in your head, call them and say, you know, I was just thinking about you this morning. That way you're not lying. And say, you know, I just know God's got good things for you. That's not a lie because God does have good things for all of us. Is that not true? Sometimes people just need to know that somebody cares. You know, as a pastor, I always feel the pressure that I always had to have the answer for everybody. But the truth of the matter is, I've learned over these years of pastoring, I don't have the answer for everybody, but Jesus does. So I just have to tell everybody, you just need to talk to Jesus. We just, let me help you talk to Jesus. Let me help you find him because that's really your only answer because no matter what I tell you, it'll, you'll be, oh, okay, thank you, and you'll be happy because I said something. But the truth of the matter is if I introduce you to the one who has the answer for you and get you to turn on to him, then boom, the power hits and revelation comes and you're, you've got victory. Amen? So you've got to blow the soot out. You've got to stir yourself up. Look at the person beside you and say, You got to stir yourself up. Don't let the complacency and the apathy of life root into you. You got to stir yourself up. All right? Now, my rule of thumb is this if you don't know what to do, just do something good. Right? You may not have the, the word from heaven, but just be good. Right? I mean, you can't you can't be wrong. Well, Lord, I just feel like I should, you know, call so-and-so or bake them some cookies and take them over to their house. You you can't miss. Even if they're like not eating sugar, they're gonna be blessed by it and they're gonna give cookies to somebody else. Right? If there's something in you that you feel inspired to do and it's good, do it. You cannot be wrong. Why would the devil want you to do something that would be good to somebody? Right? If you feel like you're supposed to say an encouraging word to somebody, just do it. You can't be wrong. Doing good can never be wrong. Everybody say, doing good can never be wrong. All right. Everybody say, everybody do me a favor. Stand up. Now, it's maybe a little much for you, okay? But you need to kind of like, you know, you need to kind of like shake a little bit and kind of like shake the soot off of you, you know, this morning. You need to by faith, just kind of shake around and say, okay, I'm getting that soot off of me. Come on, you can do it. It ain't going to hurt you. Shake your hands. Do something. I mean, dear Lord, least get some blood flowing, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to shake off this soot. So this is what I'm going to do. I want to pray for you. All right. I want to bless you and I want to pray for you. And I want to ask God to inspire you today that you're going to be life-breathing Christians that you're going to be determined to blow the soot off your life and not let the troubles and the woes of this world get in there. If you're in agreement with me on this prayer, I believe God, the power of God's going to hit you right there in your seat. You're going to be touched. But let me tell you something. If you're in here today and you've never made the first step of making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, that's what you need to do. That's the answer. If you're out there watching or listening today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, that's what you need to do. And the Bible says it's real simple. You confess with your mouth. You believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. You ask him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, and he does. And at that moment, the resurrection power of God comes into your life and sets you free. Now, I'm going to ask the prayer team, y'all prayer team people, come on down here this morning. My prayer, I have a prayer team. The reason why I have a prayer team here, these are highly trained individuals who love Jesus. And they're willing to pray with you this morning. Because if you're here this morning, I I, I can see people coming down to the front to be prayed for for several reasons. One is if you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord and save your life, they're here to pray with you. Come up to one of them. Okay? I mean, I I, I see Pat standing here, I won't pick on you here just because you're up here in the front. There's a helicopter pilot right there. Chases cows all day long. All right? You got a farmer over there. You got a doctor right here. You got a... Woman of a sheep and goat raiser over here. (laughs) All I'm saying is, we're just country people believing in God, but I guarantee you, when they pray for you, God will touch your heart, touch your life. If you need prayer for anything, you need prayer for sickness, you need prayer for salvation, you need prayer for anything, they're here to pray with you. That's why they're here. Okay? They do look pretty, but that's not why they're here. All right? And so I believe God for the power of God to touch your life. I'm going to pray over you generally, but they're here to pray with you. So take the hand of the person beside you. Father, I declare right now in Jesus' name that each and every one of the people in here today, they're going to get the soot blown out of their carburetors. Lord, that they're going to become to get on fire for you. They're going to turn around for you in life. Lord, I declare that they are going to determine today that they are going to be blessings, that they are going to turn around today and begin to produce life out of their mouth and be giving life everywhere that they go. They're going to look at everything, Lord God, as a, as a field and that they are producing the rain out of their mouth of your word and your goodness that's going to produce a harvest. I declare today, Lord God, that they truly are rainmakers, that they are going to be blessings, that they are going to do good, and that it, the resurrection power of God that you have on the inside of each and every one of us is going to burst forth out of us. Lord, I declare where people have been bound with chains of negativism, it's broken today in Jesus' name. I declare today where the devil has sowed thoughts into their minds and lied to them and painted a bleak picture for their future, I declare today that that is broken in Jesus' name. And that today eyes are open and they can see, Lord God, that there is a good God who is an abundant blesser and that he is a good God and brings life to all he touches and he lives on the inside of them. And they determined today to be like him, Christ-like, Christians, Lord, speaking life everywhere they go. So, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord God. I ask you to bless them now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Go be life-breathing Christians. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.